Back when all this COVID stuff started, some friends and I would try to send message, messages to each other on an app we got called Voxer. The goal was every day to share some of the blessings we were finding, things like a slower pace or more time with our teenagers. It was a really fun discipline and such a good reminder of how many blessings there are even in hard times. Well, it's now been almost two months since any of us have shared a blessing on Voxer. It's not that there aren't still blessings, but it's getting harder to remember. I mean, who ever thought we would still be watching church videos in August? Whoever thought school would be online again this fall? Count your blessings. It's such a great spiritual discipline, but it can be really hard, especially in times when it seems like blessings are difficult to come by. So to come to the lectionary today and find Jacob, which is really a story about blessing, what a blessing. Jacob never felt like he had enough. He was a guy who chased after blessing his entire life. Jacob is Abraham and Sarah's grandson, and if you remember them, they were promised that their descendants would outnumber the stars in the sky, and yet they were 90 and 100 years old, and they still didn't have any children. But they trusted God, because God promised them that he would bless them so they could be a blessing to others. Blessed to be a blessing. That's how God spells out how blessing works from the beginning of the Bible. You are blessed so you can give it away. Jacob had a twin brother named Esau, and they wrestled even inside their mother's womb. When they were born, Esau was born first, and he was red and hairy when he came out, but he was first, which was important in those days because the firstborn was the blessed one. But Jacob was right behind him, and he came out grabbing Esau's heel. That's how we got his name. Jacob means heel or supplanter, as in he was trying, even from birth, to get his brother's blessing, or trickster. And Jacob was a total trickster. Fast forward to Dad Isaac being blind, very old, and on his deathbed. He said it was time to give his blessing to his son Esau. So Esau headed out to hunt and then cook his dad's favorite stew. Meanwhile, mom, Rebecca, overheard what was going to happen, so she made some stew and then had Jacob put some animal hair on his arms and go in to his dad. Isaac said, your voice sounds like Jacob, but when that trickster held out his furry arm, Isaac said, but you feel like Esau. So Jacob stole his brother's blessing. And when Esau came in and found out, he was devastated and vowed to kill his brother. That sent Jacob on the run to his uncle Laban, where he first set eyes on Rachel, the love of his life. Laban made him work seven years to earn her hand in marriage, only in their bridal chamber to lift her veil and find himself actually married to her older and uglier sister, Leah. The trickster got tricked, so he worked seven more years to marry Rachel too, and between them and the two handmaidens, at this point in the story, Jacob has 11 of the 12 sons he would have. Jacob's life seems to be full of blessing, but Jacob never really trusts it. 
As we get to the wrestling match in the Genesis lesson for today, it's been 20 years since Jacob and Esau have seen each other. And Jacob is now running away from his father-in-law Laban because he tricked him. Laban had said when he left to go back to his homeland that he could take livestock. So Jacob did this elaborate scheme to trick him into giving him the very best and most active breeders of the flock. Jacob is still trying to steal blessings all the time and now he's on the run. Jacob's a mess. He's running from Laban and now he's going to have to face his brother Esau and he's reached the river that's the boundary between their two lands, the river Jabbok. Something needs to happen with Jacob because he is a mess. Beth Moore is so good in the study of Jacob and she points out how the writers of the Bible have so much fun with language in the Hebrew. After leaving Laban, Jacob comes to the land of Seir in the country of Edom. Now that word seer is very close to the word sire, which means hairy. Remember Esau means hairy? And the word for Edom is the same word that was used when Esau was described as a man of the field. So Jacob, knowing he has to finally face his brother, comes to the land of Harry in the country of the man of the field. Jacob, you can run, but you can't hide. Stuff is not accidental. Jacob is reminded at every corner of what he needs to face and of what he did, and God is going to make Jacob be honest about who he is. I wonder if any of you like me have ever come to a point in your life when you just feel like you can't keep pretending anymore. I'm feeling like I can't keep pretending COVID is going to go away soon. It's easy to pretend. We can put whatever images of ourselves we want out there on our social media and no one will know how things are really going on in our lives that maybe our family's falling apart or our marriage is in shambles or you're suffering from depression or your fear of COVID is so big you don't know what to do. But you don't say anything. You just put on a happy face. Hashtag, I'm so blessed, we say. But God doesn't want us to keep pretending. And I really think if we keep pretending, we can't be who God wants us to be. Now, Jacob, it says, is very distressed. And that word for distress means to bind or tie up. And it's got the meaning of when you're so just full of, you know, distressed, you just want to curl up in a ball on the floor. But it can have another meaning in other places in the Bible, a positive meaning. And that can, in that it can mean that you're completely wrapped up in God's heart. And there's irony here because the more tightly we feel wound up in God's love, the looser we start to feel around other people. Well, Jacob's all tied up in knots and he starts to pray. He's in the land of Harry and he actually has one of his better moments. He tells God he's not worthy and please deliver me from the hand of my brother. But the thing is, after he prays, Jacob keeps on acting like a heel grabber. He starts to make all these schemes and plans so he can get what he wants from Esau rather than trusting God. It's easy to do that, isn't it? How often do we go around trying to grab onto someone to get ahead or make ourselves feel better? 
How often do we say, what do I need to do to get the most for me? Jacob prays this long prayer, bearing his soul to God, and then he thinks about how he needs to work the situation with Esau. So what he does is he divides his wives and servants and animals into two camps and makes a plan of how he'll send 200 goats over, then 200 ewes, then camels and donkeys, and on and on, and he's going to put a space between each group so maybe Esau will be appeased. Really? He's still grabbing at his brother's heel. He doesn't really want to face him. Jacob says right before our reading today, if I appease my brother with all these gifts, perhaps I'll see his face and he'll accept me. He thinks it's all up to him. He's trying to work him. There's fun in Hebrew here. Five versions of the word face are used. Jacob, all balled up and tied in knots, has to face something. But that word for being balled up can also mean being tightly held by God. I think God is saying, if you face Esau by facing me first, I'm going to take you right through this, Jacob. Well, now we're at the great wrestling match of today. Jacob wrestling at the Jabbok. And all those words in Hebrew are so similar. Jacob is Yaakov, wrestles is Avak, and Jabbok is Yabok. So it's Yaakov, Avoking at the Yabok. It's almost like Jacob was born for this place. This mess of a man that's been wrestling since he was in the womb. He's been chasing after blessing his whole life. And here this is it. God isn't gonna let him get away with going straight to Esau. Jacob sends everyone ahead of him, and it's night. He's between a rock and a hard place with Laban on one side and about to meet his brother who the last time he saw him was trying to kill him on the other. But God always meets us between our rocks and our hard places. And there, when Jacob is all alone and it's the middle of the night, a man comes and they start to wrestle a mock. That word avak is only used here in the Old Testament. It means to get dusty. There's dust flying everywhere. And we're reminded of another time God, God got into the dust and created humans in Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Do you suppose Jacob is being recreated too? I love that, how we start dusty and God's so willing to come down into the dust with us when we need it again. When God created us and said it wasn't good for us to be alone, he didn't just say, okay, go get along with each other. He knows how hard it is. So what God wants for us to know is that when we wrestle with each other, we're also wrestling with God. Even the Hebrew word for wrestling has the name of God in it, El. I love this. This promise from the beginning that God is right down in the messiness of life with us, that he doesn't just leave us alone, that he calls us to wrestle with him, that that's how God blesses us. Now, the story of Jacob wrestling is pretty ambiguous. A man wrestles with him, and it says that when daybreak come, the man sees that he didn't prevail against Jacob. 
that word prevail is a neat word. Have you ever wrestled with your son or daughter when they were little and you have one of those times where they just won't quit? You're so tired, but they would keep going all night long if you let them until finally you just have to say, okay, you win. That's what that Hebrew word for prevail means. Jacob yells at the man, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob, seeking after blessing his whole life, taking what was not rightly his from his brother, here he asks for it again. But before he can get it, the man asks him his name. Jacob, he says. And there come all the things that go with being Jacob. I'm a heel grabber. I'm a trickster. I'm a supplanter. You name it, Jacob has done it. He has totally lived up to his name. But God recreates him from the dust. Now, Jacob, you will be called Israel because you have wrestled with God and with humans and you have prevailed. Israel, you have struggled with God and hung in there. Jacob's been in a wrestling match for 20 years and he's finally fought the best fight he's ever fought. Jacob, the father of 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, the father of a whole nation of people who've struggled with God and hung in there. Jacob, who will now limp forever with a bad hip. Jacob, who's been hiding behind his mom, his wives, sending them on ahead, whoever he could find. Now limping, Jacob is going to finally face his brother. Because he's faced God, he can face Esau this were a movie, here's where you'd get out the tissues. (laughs) Jacob looks up and sees Esau. He goes limping forward, bad hip and all, and bows all the way onto the ground seven times. But Esau, he just runs up and embraces Jacob. The word for embrace is habak. Remember the word for wrestle? Avak. All the family comes forward to meet Esau, and Esau looks at them and says, What is this? And this is such a tender word, Beth says, Beth Moore. It's like if you see a friend and she has a little two-year-old hiding behind your legs, her legs, and you bend down and say, And who is this? What is all this blessing? This is incredible. God has to have done this. The last time these two brothers saw each other, there was so much hate. Jacob was preparing for war, but God gave him peace. All through his preparations, he was lining up the animals to give to his brother. The word that he uses there is the word for presents, like wrapping something up. But now when he sees Esau, the word changes to blessing. That word blessing had been a bad word between these brothers. But Jacob says to his brother, here, if I have found favor with you, then accept my blessing from my hand. Instead of grabbing at his heel, Jacob finally holds out his hand. And what does he give his brother? The blessing back. Jacob finally got what it means to be blessed. When you are blessed, you can't help but give it away. Here, Esau, take it. I have wrestled with God and hung in there. I don't need to keep clinging to this blessing. Take it. 
gives me the chills. Blessing isn't about clinging and grasping. Blessing is about sharing and giving and letting go. I think of those disciples out on the grass with Jesus after a long day. They're tired. John the Baptist just died. Jesus has been healing people all day. Send the people home, Jesus, the disciples tell him. They're hungry. I see them as clutching onto Jesus. Let's just be together here. We need you. But Jesus asks them to open up. You give them something to eat, he says. You're blessed. You have something to share. But the disciples don't see it. All they see is what they don't have, like Jacob. All we have are five loaves and two fishes, they tell Jesus. But Jesus takes them, gives thanks, blesses them, gives them to the people, and 5,000 are fed with baskets left over. It's those words that we hear every Sunday at the communion table. Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to you for the forgiveness of your sin, to bless you abundantly so that you can be a blessing to others. It's not easy these times we live in. And it's so easy to focus on all the things we miss. It's easy to feel like we're exhausted from wrestling with all of our worries and fears. I don't want to be on a screen right now. I want to just grab onto what's normal and cling to it. But it looks like we're going to be in this for the long haul. But that's why I think it was meant to be that Jacob's story came up today. Jacob was in it for the long haul. And even after he learned what it meant to be blessed, he still kept being a trickster the rest of his story. But Jacob, like you and like me, We are all bound up in God. We are completely wrapped up in God's heart. We are held so tightly in God's love and blessing that we don't have to keep clinging to our worries and our fears. We can let go and live in these uncertain and hard times like the blessed people of God we are. Because God will never let us go. We are blessed to be a blessing. That's what I'm clinging to. And I hope you will join me.